Ride Part 2. I wanted to discuss in this one kind of the things surrounding. So I talked last time about kind of what it was, why I changed my, why I changed the schedule or changed the approach because of smoke. Um, But I did talk about kind of the food that I ate during the day. But one of the other things I wanted to really jump into is how I took care of myself outside of the run. So the way that it worked was every morning and every evening, I had downtime and time to eat food and time to take care of myself. And that was one of the things, not the food, but the taking care of myself um, was something I really failed at last time badly. So the, the last time I attempted to go on a really long type adventure like this, I ended up with some some tendonitis type things. And, you know, through all of this work and effort this year on top of diet, I've spent a lot of time on rest uh, and properly letting myself recover from big workouts. That obviously couldn't happen in this scenario. Um, but work really concentrating on that and and also the food that I was eating outside of, of this. So when I had breakfast, when I had dinner, what are the types of things that were, were going on and, and how I was managing that day to day. So that's what I cover here in the next, uh, next couple of segments. I think a good way to start would be just kind of general packing and stuff, um, for the trip in general. So the, the way that I looked at this and I guess probably look at life in general uh, as it relates to diet and food consumption and those kind of things is I kind of have this scale, this sliding scale, and my top priority is high fat, low carb, and I like to do that in a, in a manner that is uh, quality ingredients. And then that's kind of the, the thing I have control over and I want to make sure to, to do as much as possible. But just like everybody else, I have kids, we go to parties, people have birthdays, there's holidays, uh, we travel, I go places for work. I was in just last week, I was in Las Vegas for a week and had to eat conference food the entire week. So I, I do my best to sort of stay on that, that, uh, that path, but I give myself some wiggle room because that's just life and, and it's not worth stressing over um, all this stuff uh, too much. So I took that same approach here and and that sliding scale for me, again, starts at high fat, low carb, quality ingredients, you know, grass fed, organic, all that, all the all the things that you want on there, no pesticides, right? Keep the, the chemicals that are foreign to food and foreign to uh, humans and that are probably bad for you out get those things out and keep them away from uh, from yourself and then from there it's kind of work work through it so I go that first next up is like gluten-free okay so I can't necessarily have the quality of food that I want so I'll go ahead and eat this stuff that sort of fits in the blueprint still of, of high fat low carb if I can't go high fat low carb route I drop down and, and kind of go, go gluten free so I avoid breads um, wheats you know those types of things oatmeal uh, which obviously you can get in gluten free but but try to stay on off of that, those as much as possible so if it's like taco night then I try my darndest to go 
uh, with like corn tortillas instead of flour tortillas. So anyway, I kind of worked my way down and I would say to look at it on, on the big scale, 80% of the time I'm able to control what, what I, what I want to control uh, and be able to eat the way that I can with just proper planning and cooking at home uh, or packing my own lunch or whatever that thing is. I'm able to control that fairly, fairly easily. Um, or at least with practice fairly easily. And then after that, um, again, I kind of slide down the scale and, and maybe when I go that gluten-free route, that's, uh, you know, 10% of the time and then 5% of the time where it's, it's um, again, I'm a little farther down where, hey, maybe it's not gluten-free or, or organic or all this other stuff, but I try to avoid the inflammatory types of foods. And then there's other times where it's just, I, I, I'm falling off the wagon. I don't care. It doesn't matter. Um, I'm just going to eat this because, hey, it's, uh, it's my birthday party and we've got cake. Cool. Let's do it. Um, and I tried to treat this run the same way. So I didn't want to just be a, a human garbage disposal, but I also knew that there was a component of this that was calorie driven. And for me to stay alert and for me to stay with it and, and properly fueled, I was going to have to eat a lot of things and the only way to, to really eat a lot of things and get a bunch of nutrients in um, or cal calories in is, you know, volume and, you know, to do that with, let's say, fruits and veggies would be great, but we're also in the middle of nowhere, we're camping, we're living out of coolers and tents, so it, it becomes harder the more... Um, more remote you get to do those things so I had to kind of find this compromise in the middle and the way that I did that was with with foods that were um, fit the blueprint so you know chicken or uh, or hamburger or whatever that thing was I would have a veggie every night uh, we would cook in oils that that I use so not using you know seed oils and those kind of things but but things like um, uh, olive oil and coconut oil we used a lot for carbs I would do simple things like sweet potatoes and white potatoes I ate a lot of eggs uh, when I would get done running most days I would have some kind of high fat type of uh, high fat high salt types of things so I would eat salami and cheese which we bought kind of a, a cool good selection of, of quality salami and, and cheese and pickles before we left so I would just sort of sit there and munch on those while, while dinner uh, was getting made, was getting made every day. Um, and then breakfast was a lot of times, like I said, eggs and, and, and potatoes, uh, maybe some fruit like a banana or, or, or berries or something like that. So fairly simple stuff, but, but good stuff, you know. And, and again, uh, kind of working on that sliding scale, it's, you know, gourmet and solid as it relates to camping. Um, and I think that's an important part of all this is finding that line of what can I deal with, you know, uh, what's going to be deal with in terms of a convenience factor, also deal with in terms of a volume factor. I had uh, two people crewing me the entire time. They shouldn't be subjected to eating in some insane way just because that's what I do or not insane way, but this different way. Uh, we had people coming in crewing and and um and pacing with me they needed to eat so we can't stick everybody on on high fat low carb 
uh, the whole time and, and just hope that they're going <laughs> to that they're going to deal with it. So, um, you know, finding this sort of middle ground that that I felt like, OK, I can keep the infl inflammation low. I can stick mostly to blueprint. I can find things that are 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 simple, which for me is meat, veggies, potatoes, like fruit. Um, I guess potatoes is sort of a weird one in there, but um, when I had starchy type things, they were simple things. They were they were whole types of things. Uh, and again, I avoided grains pretty much the entire time, uh, with the exception of some, you know, uh, I think I had a sandwich on uh, one of the days and some other things. But in general, that was the roadmap. You know, stick to as much stuff as you can that falls into the category that's not going to be a pain in the butt for everybody else around, that's going to give you energy, that's going to get you full, that's portable. So it's like you have all these kind of things, and it would have been easy just to be like, oh my gosh, it's going to be super hard, so I'm just going to eat eat anything. Um, and I did sometimes, right? I, I ate a pint of ice cream. Uh, I mentioned I drank sodas, a couple of sodas throughout the, the thing, but not at dinner time, you know, not in the morning for breakfast. Um, I will say the one sort of, uh, I would say kicker or thing that I did for breakfast was I would have a cup of coffee and I would put this, um, recovery drink in there. And that was mainly to get my calories up in the morning. And, uh, it's called Ultragen. It's a recovery drink from first endurance. I've been drinking it for years. It's cappuccino flavored. And I would put two big scoops of that in my coffee and it would allow me to get a lot more calorically dense uh and there's good stuff in it you know it's a uh, first endurance is a a company that's been around for a while that um you know I, I i have had good luck with and you know it's it's meant for recovery and i was sort of in a constant state of recovery the entire time so making sure that that i had that you know calories and and the vitamins, nutrients, and that sort of stuff to, to keep inflammation down. And again, adding, keeping the tank full, which seemed to work out really well because I got a majority of my calories in every day at breakfast and at dinner. And then I just sort of had to supplement uh, a little bit here and there throughout the day. And I was able to do that, you know, in a, again, in sort of this way of sticking to the idea of fueling for performance but I didn't have to do it in a way that that was, um, you know, overly sugary or overly uh, bad. And, and, you know, discovered obviously through this thing that um, you can do a lot on a little calories during the day, especially with this new diet type that I've been on for the last nine months by fueling at the beginning, fueling at the end, and then not having to just constantly cram food in my face the entire day. Um, but that's how it worked. That's uh, that's what my days looked like uh, in terms of start and finish with, you know, calories, we'll call it running food calories uh, in the middle. So in the moment when I was burning calories and, and going through all that, I stuck to things that were specific to that, the gels and the drinks and those sort of things that I think that we're all used to in the ultra running world. Uh, and then outside of it, sticking to a more whole food type of diet with the asterisk on there of portability because of camping. To wrap up the last part would be around mobility. And uh, when I say mobility, I, I mean not just the run part, um, but making sure to like 
stay loose and doing various exercises and uh, to one point torture-like devices to keep my muscles loose and, and hopefully during you know the, the course of this thing, performing at as high a level as I could given just the constant beating, the constant stress, the constant movement and, and things that were going to happen. So one of the things that I haven't spent necessarily a, a ton of time uh, on through this is, is what I've done from a mobility standpoint. I know I've mentioned it, but I took a pretty solid approach uh, or let's say a concentrated effortful approach to mobility uh, and that was something that I've lacked and I think some of it's just getting older uh, and and needing to pay more attention to those things because it just you know elasticity is not as good strength isn't as good uh, recovery isn't as good it's just part of the aging process so things that I could ignore when I was 27 28 30 35 can't ignore as much at 39 and, and now 40. And what I did to, to do that was a really simple thing. Um, I signed up for a, a subscription uh, for a thing called Mobility WOD, uh, uh, com, And it's a service and I pay, I don't know, 10 bucks a month or something. And um, I get access to just videos every day. And every day is a new video that pops out. And I've been doing using that service for, for quite a while, along with uh, some books. Um, one Another one's called Ready to Run. And these are all by the same people. It's this uh, Dr. Kelly Starrett. And he's kind of a CrossFit guy. And, you know, I, I had some injuries two years ago at, at Mountain Lakes 100 that took me a really long time to recover from. And I wanted to sort of work on that so I wasn't so beat up. Uh, after these races because for the most part physical body has not been a problem for me and when I had that pop up I knew that meant it was time to, to start working on some stuff and being more diligent about it and a lot of these things when I say mobility it, it it's sort of a broad spectrum thing because it's everything from foam rolling to um, holding poses like yoga type things to dynamic stretching using bands and those sort of things. So there were, there's been some stuff that I've, I've done and experimented with over this amount of time that I found work really well for me and being very targeted, uh, instead of using a foam roller, using like a lacrosse ball and really digging in on, on some specific pressure points. Um, all these things, right. Were, were what I went through. So I took this milk crate with various things in it. So I had um, some very thin bands that I would do to, to use to capture my ankle and my Achilles tendon. And I would put, hook that band up to uh, a tree or to my, my uh, bumper on my truck. And I would pull that thing out and stretch and, and put my ankle through uh, motion, right? Through, through range of motion to try to make sure that it was moving and that there wasn't you know, gristly or anything like that because I didn't have a massage therapist or a chiropractor out there with me. So I had to sort of do these things on my own. So it was a way to do ankle adjustment. Uh, I'm somebody that that if you send me to a chiropractor, um, really any time, I generally have one leg that sort of sits a little bit longer than the other. And when they pull on that, it almost always pops out of, of, of the socket. So I did some stretching with a large, large band 
um, heavy band that I, again, would attach to a uh, bumper or my, my, um, a tree or whatever it might've been. And I would pull that, hook that around my ankle and I would sit back really far and I'd let that, the strength of the band and the stress of the band sort of pull that, that leg back, um, put resistance on it, uh, so that it would want to pull towards that, that tree. So I would scoot away from it or whatever it is. And it would put like this constant stretch, almost like traction when you hang upside down in, in some of those types of, of devices. So I would do that. I took a lacrosse ball and put it really in my kind of hip areas to, to loosen up my IT bands because I carry a lot of stress there. So, you know, rolling on my glutes with, uh, with a lacrosse ball and, and keeping those really uh, as loose as I could and then laying on, on my side, kind of in my, we'll call it the butt pocket, so directly behind where your femur uh, attaches to your hip bone and then that upper section above that as well. And I would just lay a lacrosse ball in there and I would lay down, this was on coolers because that's what we had. I would lay on these coolers for a couple of minutes and just really let that thing sink in, break up those fibers. And for the most part, my body felt good uh, most of this trip and it was because I, I stayed on it. Now, I also had my friend Yasin come out and he's got this thing called a Theragun. And the Theragun is effectively a jigsaw, so like a power tool, and then it has different tips on the end of it. And you pull the trigger and instead of being a saw, it's got like a little rubber mallet uh, type thing on the end of it. And it's like getting a, a, a high speed massage. Um, and same thing, I various times through this, I laid on top of a picnic table and got hit with a Theragun. I laid on top of coolers and got hit with a Theragun. And I would hit my quads and my, you know, outside of my IT band, again, my hips and, and calves and all these areas that tended to hold stress um, or to, you know, obviously getting worked a bunch given the fact that I was going 10 to 12 hours day after day after day um, for six days in a row and really concentrated on keeping those things happy. And it only took a couple of minutes because that's all I do for my mobility also uh, is it's about 10 minutes a day. And I spent five to 10 minutes every day working on these things. And if I came into camp and something was feeling out of whack, uh, like a sore hamstring, then I would sit on a lacrosse ball or on my foam roller and I would just sort of just do a little bit of work, nothing outrageous, I wasn't spending 30 minutes doing this, but a couple minutes in the morning while I was drinking my coffee, uh, a couple minutes while breakfast was being made, a couple minutes right after I finished the day to make sure that this stuff, that this body was as optimized as I could, again, given the scenario. So much like food in this scenario, how much of this stuff can I, can I do to stay within the limits of keeping my diet happy? How much of this stuff can I do with a mobility standpoint that it, I don't have a massage therapist, I don't have a chiropractor, what are these things I can do? And just through these services uh, of Mobility Wad and uh, this book Ready to Run by, by Kelly Starrett, I found these things through time, through working out, through going through these motions and these, these moves that I was able to have a little bit of this like thing, this, this bag of tricks that I could lead into that's like, okay, 
Top of my quad's hurting. Why is the top of my quad hurting? Well, it's probably upper chain from that. It's probably not my quad directly. It's probably the front of my hips are tight. So when I get back to camp tonight, I'm gonna work on my the front of my hips. And in the morning before I take off, I'm gonna work on my hips. And I could generally kind of phase those things out because I was breaking up that, that, that you know, tissue that was sticky. Um, of course, I'm dehydrated, but just by moving as much as I was and being in a dry climate and smoke and all those things. But I had this bag of tricks. So I guess what I would say is this isn't something that you can just learn, but these are references that, that you can grab, uh, whether it's that or I think there's run experience, uh, which is on YouTube, which is another really good resource that you can just go out. There's not even a fee for that one. Um, that you can just go out and, and find these things and, and start targeting these problem areas, calves, quads, you know, hamstrings, IT band, whatever it is. And I was able to get through this where last time when I attempted this thing, um, obviously a little different, but not really a whole lot farther uh, than what I did this time. Um, still able to... still able to, to keep moving and, and keep the body happy. And that was something I completely ignored the last time. I just sort of went off like, eh, I'm, I'm, I can do this. I don't have very many problems. Um, but I guess that's when problems come up is when you make the assumption that, that you don't. So this whole thing, having this sort of backlog of information of what works, uh, what stretches I could do, what certain things I knew, you know, you know, as a runner, like I get a tight this, I get a tight that, this gets sore, that gets sore. Having this thing that you can count on, or at least sort of count on to work through these protocols in your head of, man, my groin is, is, is tight. Here's, here's a stretch I know that can work. Okay. Nothing happened there. Here's another stretch I know that can work. Okay. Maybe not as much as I'd like to, but a little bit of relief. And here I'm in this stretch and I'm gonna sit here for a minute uh, or two, and I'm really gonna stay here and work through it. Okay, something just popped. All right, I feel like I'm back in order. Having that was monumentally uh, important for, for me, and having that sort of, again, this, this bag of tricks to, to lean back on to manage myself and take care of myself uh, was really valuable, and I think probably one of the more important things that I did this round. Guess that wraps up the PCT Oregon recap. Um, kind of weird to think about. I mean, there's a lot of, I think a lot of stuff to share and that I learned throughout the course of this. And, you know, doing something big and different for nine months of the year, roughly, leading up to this, hoping that it paid off. I think it did. Um, I really felt like throughout this thing that I could have kept going for quite a while like I was, which was this 40 miles a day or 12 hours on, 12 hours off, 45 miles a day, whatever it ended up being. I felt like I could keep doing that. And, you know, I, I attribute a lot of that to all the stuff that I, I worked on. I went in probably healthier than I've ever been from, from an inflammation standpoint, from a rest standpoint, from a, a, uh, dietary standpoint, more dialed, I think, than I've been in the past. There were still some question marks on how I was going to deal with food and all that sort of stuff throughout, 
the run? How are my calories going to work? And I was in that like fat burning zone. There's no question about it that that was happening uh, because my caloric intake was low and, and I, I didn't have stomach problems. I didn't have any of the stuff that I worried about. My body felt good. No muscle issues. Again, I got a lot of rest, a lot more rest this time uh, than last time. And I'm sure that that plays into it. Um, but the, the downtime, you know, I still covered 45 miles roughly every 24 hours is, is what this ended up being. And on the last time I did this, um, my number was about 55. So it was an extra, but I went 210 miles in four days and um, four 24-hour segments. And in this time, I went 240 miles in um, five 24-hour segments with another uh, eight hours on the next day. So yes, shorter, still still tons and tons of volume. So in result, really pleased with this. I'd say I'm, I'm still only a year in doing it. Uh, Yassine uh, Daboon was there and, and had a Facebook Live video rolling at the end of me crossing, uh, getting halfway across the Bridge of the Gods uh, to where the Oregon-Washington border was. And, you know, the last thing he said was, was you know, this guy just wrapped up this uh, thing he's been working on. Um, now it's over. And that's a really weird thing that it's just over. It's, it's not there anymore. And what's next? And what's next is um, the Hurt Hawaii 100. So I get to keep working on me. And I get to keep working on this experiment and these trials um, to see what works best. I know more now than I did three months ago. I know more six months ago, you know, and, and, and than I did at three months. And, uh, of course, know now more at, at being at this for nine months than I do uh, at the very beginning. So still a work in progress, still excited, but feel like I've found something that that works for me. And, you know, maybe I continue having stomach issues in, in races. Um, but I do know that I can go day after day after day uh, after day at a relatively strong effort um, and just keep going. So I don't know. I don't know what that means. Maybe that just means that uh, the traditional 100-mile race or something like that is, is not necessarily what I'm, what I'm best at. I don't know. But I do know that I've got some new things to try. Uh, and I'm not just beating my head against the wall. And it took, you know, honestly, it took nine months of time and this really big effort to sort of get my head around like, well, when I was going day after day after day, I averaged roughly 15 minute miles uh, throughout the, the, the run. Um, and that's a 25 hour hundred. All right. Well, if I can eat and manage myself like I did during this, during this adventure, then that's a fine, that's a fine pace, uh, that I was able to just consistently do day after day after day. So I don't know, a little rambling there, but, um, it, it gives me hope that there's, that there's options here, uh, that I'm not just somebody that's going to throw up every race that is, is going to get turned inside out. It's just a matter of, uh, continuing to, uh, to work on the trial. So anyway, questions, comments, feedback, uh, hit me up on the social media, Travis Lyles on Twitter and Instagram. Uh, and of course, if you're using anchor app to listen to this, you can throw a voicemail in there. Uh, happy to answer any, any questions or comments that you may have, uh, as well. So, all right, that's, uh, that's it. I, uh, I hope you enjoyed this one uh, a little long, but, uh, it's a 240 mile adventure. There's a lot to cover. All right. 
Thanks for listening and uh, talk to you soon.